You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. After our uh, little hiatus, uh, it's been a hell of a two weeks. Uh, actually, we recorded this beforehand, so uh, for you, it's been a couple weeks. For us, it hasn't been that much time at all. Uh, but after tonight, we aren't going to be uh, together in person recording, even though you'll get an episode next week. Isn't that weird how that all works? Anywho, um, I'm uh, I'm drinking a, a beer tonight. Is that what, that's what it looks like, right? Troy, just drinking a beer out of your little treehouse glass. Let me take a sip of this. Mm. Wait, Troy, how can that be so delicious even though it's non-alcoholic? Have you guys heard about Athletic Brewing Company? They're not a sponsor, although I was I, I'm, I'm going to give them free. Face and then realize I shouldn't have been making a face. <laughs> I'm going to give them free, uh, free ads, anyways. So uh, I'm a big uh, booze bag. No, I like I like having a couple beers, but you get forty when you get to forty three. I don't know if anybody ever told you this. Forty three is the age where uh, you just gain weight. Every single day, even if you're fasting. So you can't drink as much beers as you used to, but I like having a couple pops. Well, I got turned on to this after watching something on Good Morning America. Not Good Morning America. Today's show. It's the Today Show. And I started getting these. And let me tell you something. This one's only 60 calories, right? 60 calories. So you can drink like 10 of them. And uh, it tastes just like a real IPA. So... Huh. I think you should give it a try. They're blowing up. They're blowing up for teetotalers, uh, pregnant women, uh, people that just like want to hang out, uh, have the brewery experience, but don't like a beer or don't like to drink. Well, now you can with Athletic Brewing Co. Athletic, give us a call. We need some sponsors here on Time for Chaos. Have you never had a non-alcoholic beer before? I've ha- I have. I had o- I've had O'Doul's. I've had a Heineken Zero. They're they're, they're fine. They're great. Uh, I get them from my dad whenever yeah. he comes. He likes a non-alcoholic beer. But uh, I uh, it's not my 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 go-to. But I'm trying to cut back. And this really for me, it's all about flavor. When the the second the ch- the, the last child falls asleep in my house, you just hear that. So, uh, I have to like I can't do that. But I'm like like a. I have this Pavlovian response once I know I come downstairs after the second little guy's asleep and it's like, well, time for a beer. And uh, it just can't do it. You have a couple of IPAs. That's 500 calories. Easy. A good IPA. This is 60 calories. And it the thing is, it tastes like an IPA. So for me, I'm getting that. It's a fl- it's a flavor need is, is what it is. Hmm. Ross, do you understand this need for flavor? <laughs> Sorry, I'm yelling. Yeah, Troy, I'm a sucker for flavor. You know I love flavors, baby. Um, um, I don't know. For me, for me, I think the thing I drink to excess is coffee. Um, like I peak peak of like pandemic shutdown. I was just tracking time by like. It's the coffee hours and it's the booze hours <laughs> and, like, and, and rinse repeat. Um, but uh, I've I've started to incorporate a little bit of decaf into my routine because Whoa. I like to I like to segment it throughout the day. And if I 
the problem with me is like I'm one of those people who can drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep right afterwards. So I could have a, a cup of coffee like at like that. at like eight o'clock at night, but it probably wouldn't be the best for you know the old GI tract. Right. So um, I uh, so yeah, if it, if it's if it gets to be around this time of day, then you know I'll make myself up a little custom made uh, uh, half calf with some of the many pounds I have from a. Uh, uh, go get him, Tiger! A great local roastery right here in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Dog, look at this guy. He wow. knows he's got a local roastery and everything. Uh, let me ask you this: Are you drinking the coffee because you're like, I need a pick me up, or is it about a I'm flavor or a need for like it? Well, it's coffee time now. I have it's to everything. Have, yeah. yeah, I love the whole ritual of it. I love mm-hmm. I love grinding it up. I love making it in my little AeroPress. I love having a little sweet treat with it. You know, because you got to get that blood sugar spike with your caffeine. Got to have Sit a sweet down, treat. Sipping on it, have have reading something, working on something. Oh yeah, it's it's all it's all wonderful. And then you get the benefit of like. Get getting a little buzz. Yeah, you're making I'm me high on cup coffee of Joe right now. Um, yeah. But I'll stick with this non-alcoholic beer. Okay, what's your uh, what do you like? Do you, are you a big beer drinker? Do you enjoy a, a beer? Or are you more of a? Do you have a local roastery in Brooklyn? I'm sure you have seven within a block of your apartment. Oh no, I legit do. And one like recently opened like this. Well, in the last couple months, um, but. Yeah, Stumptown, I think, is over here. At least it used to be over here as yep. far as coffee goes. Um, my whole thing about loving the ritual is that I love going downstairs and over a couple doors and buying the coffee. I don't like making it. Um, yeah. So that's my ritual. But, I mean, I, like, let it sweat for, like, hours. I like, It takes me a very long time to drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as booze, like, I used to like IPAs. I used to drink them a lot. And then just I hit a wall at some point and like yeah. I can't do beer. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, it's great. So real. I'm the same way. Yeah. I had one Miller High Life earlier and I was like struggling to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you just get it's, full. It's a terrible yeah. beer. Yeah. 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 Um, Nora, you're not a beer drinker? No, but like, like Kate, I used to be a at some point, and then I, I hit a wall. And every Wednesday night. Big boots of <laughs> no. beer, just, like, drinking them. Yeah. I can't. But like, Vegas boots. But, but even when I did, like, I could barely finish one because I feel like I took two sips, and I'm like, well, I'm full. Um, but I like food, so I don't want anything disrupting <laughs> my, yeah. my meal. Yeah. Um, I do love uh, – I do – an espresso or a cold brew in the morning. Mm. And I like my afternoon tea. Ah, yeah. Okay. A little afternoon tea. Yeah. Are you the only tea drinker in the group? Yeah, I thought so. I'll do tea. I you know, I don't have a, I don't have beef with tea. Yeah. You'll brew tea right in your house. Well, I got a tea bag. Is that, is that what you mean? Is that the same I guess thing? That's yeah, considered that's brewing tea. Plebeian tea bag. I don't have the, I mean, my wife will do the basket with the little, Shredded. I, that's what Nora has, right? You get the basket with the, the fresh tea leaves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love tea. I love coffee. So I'm notorious for when, like, I go to my parents' house or I go to like any Arab dinner thing because they'll always it's those multiple courses and like at the very end, you know, it's time to leave after they've served you tea or coffee and like something. It's, it's always yeah. a multiple step process. And so whenever they ask me, they're like, do you want tea or coffee? I'm like, yes. And they're like, which one? I'm like, bring me both. <laughs> and I will have both tea and coffee usually in those circumstances. Rob, you live in the uh, one of the craft beer capitals of the world. Are you I a big, uh, big beer guy? I was trying to figure out actually earlier today if I was an alcoholic. And <laughs> I don't think I am because it's not like I get the shakes or, you know, any of that right. stuff. 
But I, I think, especially since it's either either kids or the pandemic or both. Like you said, Troy, it's like kid down. I mean, actually, before kid down, wine <laughs> has already started to flow. You know, when you start cooking or, you know, around five o'clock, mm-hmm. it's I'm becoming my mother, which is great. And <laughs> but since the pandemic, like I was trying to think, I was like, has there been a day that where I haven't had something? I played that yeah. game before, Robin. I did not like the results. But it's not like I'm not necessarily getting like hammered. So I right. feel like uh, yeah. but you're, you probably had at, lo- at least a drink. Uh, you know, 99 out of 100 days, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Like time. a little nightcap. Like something where you're, the, the evenings died down. You yeah. want to like just read a little bit a or just have like a little, little cocktail, little glass of cocktail. wine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Fish well, I bowl get or two. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, but the, the irony for me living in, in Colorado, and you're, you're, like you said, it's, you know, there's breweries every other block, is I have like a, I have not like a gluten thing, but I have a thing with fructans, guys. This is a sugar. Wow. People mm-hmm. should look into this. It's called FODMAPs. Yes. You haven't yes. looked into this? Yes. I did Eight. this diet like over the pandemic because I was just like, I need to figure out what is making me crazy because it's yeah. everything. Uh-huh. And I figured out which which sugar is so Oh, far. hell yeah, yeah, Kate. Yeah. Wait, what is this thing called? FODMAPs? It sounds like some weird acronym Fod- to help you remember. Right. It is an capitals. acronym for something that I, of course, do not know. Uh, but... It's there's like six different sugars, like fructins. What else Oligos is there? Oligos and yeah, I don't uh, know how to say them. Uh, and these the sugars like appear in different things. So some people who think they have a gluten allergy might actually have a allergy to a specific sugar. Huh. That's in, so for me, I thought it was a gluten thing, but then gluten, I, I would be gluten free and then still have what we call issues. Uh, and. <laughs> I've, I, for a while, I was like, this is just because I eat like shit sometimes. <laughs> and my wife was originally like, uh, uh, finally was like, you know, not everybody has to just like run to the bathroom every once in a while. Like, that's not necessarily a normal thing. And, but it was like, every guy I know does because we all eat like shit. It's fine. <laughs> um, but no, it's this. So for me, after doing this like arduous elimination diet kate i don't know if you did this too yes like, what are you no good with <laughs> yeah so it's fructans it's full-on fructans okay. which which appears in gluten but it's more manageable so now i can eat like i can have like a a, a glass of beer but if i have like several then we're skirting the line you know what i mean or and the big thing for me is onions oh. and garlic huh. which oh, are the most, oh, no. No. The most delicious things on earth yeah you so, just you can use a uh, garlic oil garlic oil is great I highly recommend that. But everyone should look into this because I feel like there's probably more people, at least in talking to my friends, there are people with like digestive things that they are just chalking up to like, well, that's because I had Wendy's two weeks ago and it's still in my body. It's because like, no, you had that's a mango that yeah. it's fermenting in your stomach right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So so check them out. I feel like it's the new, it's going to be the new hotness in terms of dietary restrictions. And we'll already probably be done in with LA, it. yeah. 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 We're ahead of the trend. Tweet at us if you have the same uh, issue or if you discover it um, from uh, what yeah, I got Robin an app. Kate have gone through. I got an app before I eat something. I'm like, I'm not sure about this. Let me look it up. And then it'll tell you if it's like you're in the green zone, the yellow zone, or the red zone. Red yep. zone, don't go near it. Don't go near it. And it'll tell you the numbers. Like if you have 14 blueberries, you're in the yellow. If you go 16, you're in red. And then you got to <laughs> it's constantly like checks and balances. You know what's so sad is that Royce about does your- that to me. 
rice <laughs> no yeah like i'm yeah. like a reptile you feed me rice and i'll like explode it's that's a thing yeah that is that's, it. Right. that's a thing that's you always sit around on that hot house. rock too right <laughs> i i like myself a heat rock yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why they don't throw rice at weddings anymore because pigeons eat them and die yeah like exactly oh. so they just throw like dummy bears now or something i don't know what comment down below about your bowel movements um yeah <laughs> all about your bms it was, your a, life, maps. It was a life changer yeah. Comment like it was poop emoji if you agree yeah. my confidence which was uh, actually it's still pretty low but it went it, it got a boost from uh knowing that i didn't have to always clock where like a bathroom was any at any establishment and now you know like i'm gonna eat this thing that's gonna bother me and i'm gonna know tomorrow why instead of just being in this space of like i don't oh, know yeah. why you're I still crazy. The shit. yeah yeah. <laughs> well, we can never take you to a casino because uh, you can never find a bathroom or an exit. Um, but perhaps you'll find Jackson Elias's killer tonight. There's my segue. Um, <laughs> last week, we started with you in the back of a, a, an unmarked police car as Lieutenant Martin Poole was taking you back into the city. You you, had, you were whisked away from Jackson Elias's funeral in Brooklyn to go back to the city to go to Chelsea uh, Precinct 7A where he put you in separate interrogation rooms and just kind of grilled you on what went on the night of January 15th at the Hotel Chelsea. Some of you uh, were more forthcoming with uh, uh, information than others. Others of you think that you're tough guys and can just talk talk like you know everything to Snitches get stitches. I guess so. But uh, at the end of the day, he he believed you or maybe he even knew going in that you had nothing to do with it, but he's just stymied by this because up until Jackson Elias's murder, all the other murders that have been like this, and that's the thing, there have been a string of similar murders. They ended when a man named Hilton Adams was found at the scene of a murder and arrested. And then the murder stopped until Jackson Elias's. The one thing they had in common was this carved symbol on their forehead. Other than that, no connections. Like Poole said to you, they were black, white, poor, wealthy, lived uptown, downtown. It didn't matter. And so he was just trying to get some information from you and trying to really make you feel like an ally in a way, even though you guys got off on the wrong foot. So you leave there, head back to the Waldorf, I think, and uh, bed down for the night. You've got a busy day on Monday to uh, go to the reading of the will which is happening at Carlton Ramsey's office. Carlton Ramsey was Jackson's lawyer and friend. Um, he has an office up in Harlem that he shares with his niece, who's he's like her his secretary. Um, he reads the will, and essentially the will, it's, it's, it's Jackson wants you to continue what he was digging into because he thinks it is earth shattering information um, and so he's left you his entire life savings uh, in order to do that Carlton Ramsey will act as your bank essentially as well as like whatever you need him to do you need him to make phone calls you need him to keep messages uh, you need him to find like you need to translate like he'll help you in any way he can and he'll dole out this money like an allowance uh, when needed then you go to Prospero House Publishing and you speak with Jonah Kensington, who was uh, Jackson Elias's publisher of all his books and also a close friend. Jackson was that type of guy. Everybody that came, they became his best friend. And uh, 
he starts to share with you this correspondence that he's had with Jackson on the months leading up to his death and his return to New York and how his correspondence seemed to get more fragmentary and disjointed right up until the end. And and the last thing he shares with you is something he didn't even want you to see because he felt it painted Jackson in a bad light. It painted his mental state in a bad light. And he didn't want to remember his friend that way. He doesn't want you to remember him that way. And he really doesn't want this to get out either. But... Um, reluctantly he lets you read it and uh, that's where we wrapped up last episode and that's where I want to pick up today's episode with this paper many names, many forms but all the same and toward one end need help too big, too ghastly these dreams dreams like Carlisle's check that psychoanalyst's files all of them survived, exclamation point. They'll open the gate. Why? So the power and danger is real. They, many threads beginning. The books are in Carlisle's safe, coming for me. Will the ocean protect? Ho, ho, no quitters now. Must tell and make readers believe. Should I scream for them? Let's scream together. What do you make of this? Trying to look back in some of these notes from the beginning, because the first thing that jumps out at me here is check that psychoanalyst's files. All of them survived. And I'm like, who is that? Do we already have a, a lead on that? Yeah, was a psychoanalyst ever mentioned anywhere in there? I don't remember there being, you know. There were so many people, like, on the expedi- expedition. Mm-hmm. Was there a psychoanalyst on the... Yeah. On the Carlisle expedition itself? Or was he seeing one? The books are in Carlisle's safe. That's the thing that's, that's intriguing to, uh, to, to Vaughn, who's been on the book hunt. And it's maybe like, if we look, if we somehow get a hold of this, we'll know the dreams that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know, like, books in a safe. Carlisle himself was from America. Um, from New right? York. He's from New York. So if, if, if they're part of his personal effects, there a chance that, there's a chance those are here. And if, um, if he was looking for them, uh, if he was looking for them, and the, and the next line is coming for me, perhaps they were trying to keep him from finding them. And then, says, will are. the ocean protect? Maybe he thought that he would be safe coming back to New York. He's whatever the whoever these people are were overseas, and then all throughout these papers, it seems to imply that the Carlisle expedition, that members of it, didn't. Oh die, right, but, but there's still a guy in Hong Kong, right? Seen around the world. Mm-hmm. And we've already, yeah. and Vaughn especially is like, yes, the dead can. Yes, and Vaughn also, I think, sees the disjointed quality of this, and it's very similar to the kind of war poem letter from his uh, from his war companion, Oberon Doyle. So yeah, it's very, very like, yes, you've seen it. You've seen something. You'll, you'll find out who did this to you. We'll find out who did this to you, old man. Um, 
dreams like Carlisle's. That's what makes me think when he says, like, there's dreams like Carlisle's and then also coming for me. Like, does he mean, like, kind of what came for Larkin, for example? Like, visions uh, or uh, monsters? Maybe, but maybe he knew that people were going to come kill him. Yep. That's what he it seems. failed his sanity check. He definitely did not seem in his right mind. You've had correspondence with him over the years since Peru. He never wrote anything so uh, all over the place. Jonah looks at you as you finish reading it aloud, and he's just shaking his head, and he's like, so anyway, I I don't know. Jackson jumping around from London to Hong Kong, Australia, Nairobi. That's Jackson. That's That's nothing out of the ordinary, but... When he came to me last, he he just didn't seem right. And that's the last time I ever saw him. Now listen, I've seen him when he's had a, a deadline looming or, or, or if he was suffering from writer's block. But this was different. I feel like he was... He was really on to something big. And he wasn't a guy that was prone to hyperbole. He... He felt as if this was something... Very, very important, but he got in too deep. And whether or not that got him killed, your guess is as good as mine. Do you know who he is talking about? This, uh, the psychoanalyst. Psychoanalyst. Check that psychoanalyst files. Check that psychoanalyst files. I mean, there was a, there was a doctor that went with him on the, uh, expedition. Was he a shrink? Uh, what was his name? Houston? Dr. Houston? Uh, right. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he's, he's speaking about him. I mean, in this other paper, he says that he ran into Jack Brady and did... Uh, so, I, I mean, it's pretty clear he thinks that there was some sort of cover-up that uh, these guys are still alive, or at least some of them are. Yeah, yes, if, if, if my memory serves, and I, and I assure you that this is my memory, not me uh, referring to a piece of paper in my possession. Uh, yes, it was a Dr. Robert Houston who was on the expedition. And if my memory serves, he was a uh, newfangled Freudian psychologist, one of these um, uh, subscribers to that obscure Viennese school. Yes, yeah, all right, so I'm not, I'm not crazy. I thought so. Um... Clearly, the Carlisle expedition was important to him. It seemed to be the the central part of whatever he was looking at. But would, would Houston's office be here in New York by any chance? Um, you know, I don't know to be sure. Uh, I mean, I think he he was here. Uh, he took off with with Carlisle here, if I remember yes. correctly. I mean, I haven't looked too much into it when when. Uh, never when, returned, I would suppose. So if, yeah, his file, when, if his files are in relation to the expedition itself. I, yeah, uh, when Jackson started mentioning the Carl expedition, I, I looked into it a little bit, but I, I didn't really go digging. It's my understanding that he went, he left from here, and they met up with the guy in London, um, the group of them. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's returned. Uh, you know, I'm sure if you ask Carlton, he could maybe track down some information if he has if he still has an office here uh, or if it was shut down I would assume if he was presumed dead that that was taken and, and cleaned out 
but... Yes, I suppose it could either be... It seems as though Jackson saw them or was after them. They may be uh, back in Nairobi, or if they were the personal effects of a gentleman of this country, perhaps an enterprising uh, Kenyan official sent them back to his literary executors here in New York. What about this part that in the letter that talks about books in Carlisle safe? Yes. Yeah, Do you know anything about that? No, no, I know he's got a sister that lives up in uh, up in Westchester, but she's, uh, you know, she's loaded. Uh, she, uh, she went out there, from what I understand, to kind of see what happened to her brother, and, and, and she was one of the people that uh, sort of confirmed that, that uh, or at least, uh, you know, was, was satisfied with the opinion that they were wiped out and then she came back uh, as far as I know she's she's just north of the city Westchester was she on the expedition or no 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 I, she went out after she went uh, to find uh, them afterwards yeah because that I was her brother it. right um, but I mean she, she probably lives in a big old mansion I can't imagine uh, it would be easy to to meet up with her you might again look to Ramsey maybe he could uh, he could reach out for you um, if you wanted to to speak with her? I don't know, yes, I don't know where very, she stands on all this. very much like to speak to, to her and uh, get a sense of what um, what the effects of Mr. Carlyle contain. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if the, the book is in his safe. Yes. And especially if she went to the site and returned. Perhaps she, she knows... She might be in possession of it. Yeah. Or at least could help us in tracking it down. And she's got money, which, you know, maybe we could uh, ask her for um, money. Yes, I saw a twinkle in your eye when it was mentioned that she was uh, loaded, Mr. I've Dillinger. been trying to hide that twinkle more and more these days, but it just... Uh, I think the twinkle from the blocked eye goes to my eye that you can see, so I hmm. gotta... Are you looking for the future, Mrs. Tillinghast? No, no, I, I'm a kept man. Oh, yes, I'm know, sure that's Fay just Ruz, a... I'm... No, no, that's not, uh, I'm happily wedded. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am that's in sincere, so, um, a relationship on paper, which I am oh, yes. bound it's to. complicated. Yes. Yeah, we don't need to get into it. Now, the point is, my eyes have twinkled. I think we hmm. should talk to this woman. Yes. There might be one more woman I... I... I should like to pay a call on before. Yeah, we know you now, Vaughn. We know what you're up to. We've seen you in action. Would it be that librarian? I, I assure you. Uh, sweat beading on his wood. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have quite a, quite a dedicated to the bachelor's life. But um, this um, this journalist, this Schossenberg, yes, to know anything that she might know about these other murders, and to know that, that she had seen or heard tell of uh, anything like what we saw escaping out that window. And she can get us to talk to the, the, the prisoner. So Hilton Adams? Oh. It's Carl, it she might me. be our way into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who did she speak to at the funeral? Who, what? Who, who did, did she, uh, Rebecca she, speak to? Because she was among the throng of reporters yeah. that were sitting there trying Vaughan to get a story. Margo, I think, because... Yes, the I was crying my Beirut eyes out. Crying you two eyes were out. I was singing boys right? to men. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. So Mon hard to say goodbye. Uh, she gave her a card, and we had thought uh, we'd spoke about it last episode. Like she probably wasn't there on Sunday, so you mm-hmm. could go over to Forty uh, Third uh, Street and check in on her. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we Is ask Carlton the in this office? No, he's up in Harlem. Right, I thought we left. Right now you're on the east side and on, like, uh, Kipps Bay area, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, in, in Prospera House, and I'm really, like, picking up a book that's like, you know, Witch Cults of Old Salem. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Mr. Detective Poole, the way that he spoke about his, um, his colleague, Robeson, gave me to believe that, um, Mr. Adams was the subject of rather a rush job on the part of the uh, justice system here. And so, what I would like to know if Miss Schorsenberg shares this... shares this claim. She really believes that it is uh, the unfortunate Mr. Adams who is the perpetrator of those murders, or if, um... or if she believes that there's been a miscarriage of justice. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds like we got two ladies... To talk to. <laughs> he, uh, Jackson also, uh... Sounds I, like I, a popular song. <laughs> <laughs> Two I, ladies I, talk to, <laughs> one more for a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the top 40. <laughs> I, I had mentioned this earlier, he had left a couple business cards with me. I, I don't know if they're, uh, if he wanted me to hold on to them, or if they're even important, but it's just, uh, they're both for the, for the same guy here. Um, and he hands you, uh, these business cards um, I'll direct you to roll 20 uh, to show you um, this particular card um, let me see if I can find it hand out 4,421 um, there you go yeah you gotta get, get used to it oh look at that business card oh yeah Aubrey Penhue I remember yes that's a name out of Penhue Foundation Shell White that's a nice one. <laughs> yeah, Where's Pen- that bone? <laughs> Penhue was one of the one of the people involved with the Carlisle expedition. Yeah. Um, you know what I did read is that I think he was a lot of the money. He was a he was a, fa- a famous. Uh, he he was all knew all about Egypt. Famous Egyptologist. Um, but I think he was loaded as well. Now, obviously, Carlisle had some money too, yeah. being this uh, playboy. But uh, you know, I don't know if you ever find yourself in London. This would certainly be something to keep in your keep in your back pocket. Yes, I, I like the amount of rich people we need to speak to. Well, I've certainly seen this uh, as I as I go around the club. Um, yes, perhaps we'll pay a pay a call on the Penu Foundation. Perhaps we should use some of our funds to make ourselves look more presentable. Ooh, maybe. Oh yeah, can we access we can access money to get some drip, right? <laughs> we can write it off. I, yes. I think yes. Cue the shopping the montage for This, this is like, what Jackson would have wanted. <laughs> it's for the expedition, it's for solving mysteries. We can't we gotta mm-hmm. blend in with all these upper crust yo yos. We get to try on many hats. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, if just favor is popping out of various dressing rooms with all of us like Mm-mm. So what we're gonna do now <laughs> is a shopping montage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stop this thing we started. Little shopping montage. Uh, so yeah, Jonah. Uh, 
Jonah just kind of shakes his head and he's like, well, listen, you know, I don't, I don't know how long you're going to be here in New York, but uh, you're, you're always welcome to pop by. And, and, and honestly, I'd love you to keep me posted. Uh, you know, I, 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 Carlton couldn't tell me everything, but he said that uh, he thought that you would be uh, kind of picking up the mantle a little bit. So if that's the case and you find out anything uh, interesting, please uh, don't forget me. Uh, yes. I, I'd love to memorialize him in any way that I can. He was a he was a good man. I think we're dedicated to the trail of uh, Mister of his great work, and there happens to be uh, a member of our small party here who has literary ambitions. I say as I glance over at uh, I wasn't going to bring it up just yet, but yes, uh, Jonah, if you are uh, looking for a new hit, I've noticed that some of these books are a little boring around this office. Uh, what do you got here? The Life and Times of Captain Ahab. Don't know what that's about. Some sort of prequel. It's, it's quite uh, popular. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in the streets. I'm among the common man. You know what I mean? Like, And people aren't reading this, okay? They're reading uh, Teddy Roosevelt's How Teddy Roosevelt Punched a Bear in the Face. That's what they want, which is why you don't have to get into this now. I do have a 1,700-page manuscript I want to send your way, but we'll get into that a little later when we can talk figures. In the meantime, I think we should solve the murder of our best friend. Yes, let's. Quiet. Um. Uh, so you <laughs> you want to go to the New York Times? Yeah, I yes. think we want to see, uh, what's her name? Rebecca next. Re- Rebecca Schosenberg? Yes. Should we, yeah. should Schosenberg. we split the part a little bit? Right. Should we go... Rich lady. Didn't we just come from talking to Carlton? It sounds like we might need to come back to him. But then also, there's Westchester for Erica. But we need an intro first. Right. Is well, we do else? have noted playboy Von Villiers. <laughs> this, this might be one of those situations where my credit rating could come into, come into effect as a, as a calling card in its own right. Which is why I thought that we should freshen our looks up. Yeah, no, well, that uh, goes without saying. Although, really, the company time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, you head, head over to Woolworths. Mm-hmm. Get a brand new wardrobe. Stay out of the Woolworths. <laughs> I had a wool. Save order. your receipts, and then you can give those back to Carlton Ramsey, and hopefully, you can just like shove it in between uh, receipts for taxis and. Uh, Did you guys? I needed research. this first, old. Did you guys ever, as as whoever here has, has dabbled in acting, did you ever try to do the, like, well, I have to buy clothes because I could go to an audition that would require me to have a turtleneck, so I should own this exactly. turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really work out for me. Too great. Just write off everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I got audited. Yeah. Uh, did you? Oh, yeah. Really? I wrote off so much gas mileage, it really blew up my face. Oh, uh, yeah. That's one of the ones you got to be careful with. Um, all right, so you head to the New York Times after your shopping spree. Uh, you all look uh, great, but since your credit rating hasn't changed, you look like you don't know how to wear those clothes. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> kind of flopping around. They don't fit quite right. But Vaughn looks impeccable Or like we always. definitely look like new money type of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Carter's in a zoot suit. <laughs> or, or Brand thieves. new. You kind of yeah. look like thieves who stole clothes, nice clothing. Uh, Alright, you head over to the New York Times um, It is now located in the recently expanded 229 West 43rd Street building Rather than the offices After which Times Square was named um, Oh Oh 
I know you learn something new every you didn't know that every episode. You head over there and uh, you pop into the office, and it is just a hive of journalistic activity compared to some of the offices you've been in uh, thus far. I mean, Prospero House had a few more people in it compared to Ramsey's or the three-person DMV, but this is just like what you imagine a 1920s uh, the New York Times yeah. uh, would be like—just people running around all over the place. Mm-hmm. If we should you have ask, a box of donuts. <laughs> if you ask for Rebecca Schosenberg, uh, up front, they direct you to uh, the crime section of the news department. So there's like a news department, and then those are all broken down into different sections. Uh, someone walks you over to uh, the crime section and uh, brings you over to uh, Rebecca's desk. There's like a bunch of cubicles, and she's sitting next to people. Um, so it's not super private, um, but she sees you and she's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad you came." Um, uh, and the, all of you are here. Uh, do, do you have time to chat? Oh yes, yeah, we, 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 we came to see you. Yeah. All right, uh, wonderful. I, uh, Tom, can we get uh, conference room four? Can we get four? All right, I'll be in four. Come with me. And she brings you over to uh, a a little conference room, shuts the door so you have a little privacy, uh, and she's got like a bundle uh, under her arm, uh, like a manila folder full of clippings and and notes and whatnot. And she's like, this is is great. I I felt so bad coming to the funeral. I didn't want to be like everybody else and and, and seem like a vulture, uh, but I just felt like uh, this would be an opportunity to see... uh, to see if there were people there that knew about Jackson, because um, I've, I've, I'll tell you, I've been I've been following uh, these murders for a long time, and I I know a lot about them. And the fact that there's been an, another body, uh, I mean, another uh, death, uh, I just feel like this is this is big, and I may be able to help. Um, can I ask you when when you last saw uh, Mr. Elias, Rebecca? I'm going to stop you right there. I need okay. to talk to my friends for one quick second. I like huddle the guys together. Like, I think we should do a luck roll. I think we should see if we improve our luck right now. Before we start talking to this woman, I feel like I'm sort of yeah, lucky as I could be. Never know when that sort of thing comes in handy, old chap. Here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone get your dice out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good call. I I have notes every single time, I was, and I forget to do this. Uh, so yeah, let's see if anybody re- improves their luck. I oh continue and stay as the lowest luck person of the party. My God, I did it for one day longer. My luck. Did you get Ooh, nine last week? Kate? I finally, I think I did. I think I did well last week, and I'm yeah. still the lowest. Still <laughs> I, I got nothing last week. Ooh, I got eight more. This Ooh, Rob, Ross. I got three more. I got an even 60 luck. Yeah, wow. I missed it by three points. Ah, brutal. Well, all right, two of you got up. Once you come out of your huddle. Hey, thanks. Sorry about that. Everything all right? Yeah, no, we just um, had some things, internal uh, facts and figures to check. So I I was saying, when did you last see Mr. Elias? It's been a, tough. a great deal of time since we saw him in the flesh. Oh, well, since we saw his flesh animate. And not the exposed. Last, the last time we've kept correspondence was, and I look at the, the letter that I that he sent, uh, and give her the date. 
did, did you get a chance to, to speak with him in New York before his passing? Unfortunately, no. Not more than the briefest summons. What do you mean? Well, in fact, the night that we were summoned was the night that he passed. We'd be I missed him by probably minutes. I, I, I don't mean to pry, but can, can you walk me through this? He he called on you right. to to see him, and then well, you came, and the the police were. Well, what what happened? I I don't understand. We should tell her. Yes. Yes. Okay. Who wants to tell her? <laughs> I'll do it. I have the most uh, even-handed touch. Um, we walked in and his guts were everywhere. Um, just splatter, splatter city, baby. You it were, was. Wait, you were at you were at the murder scene. We were this, there. This is soundproof. This is a <laughs> large conference room. <laughs> this is uh, conference room four. Yeah, no, we uh, we came upon his body and we tried to capture his assailants. I jumped out of a four-story window. Wait a minute, there wait were, a minute. There you, were men there. The murderers were in the room? Yes. And they were wearing these strange head wraps. Wait a minute, hold, Scars. hold on. She pulls out Dangling. her notebook. She's like, this is... They were, they were, what, what were they wearing? Um, a red flannel. Like a red uh, flannel yes. long headband. It looked... Uh, with a with a with a, a running tail. Uh, oh, this is very impractical. This is, but, uh, I guess, visually effective. Yeah. They looked like the doofuses. Did the poli- did the police <laughs> know that a you were total ding dong? Total. Yes. <laughs> did, did the police know that you were there watching this all unfold? Not exactly. Uh, uh, well, they do yes, now. I told uh, you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, so anything that we tell you, Mister Rosenberg, I shall hope that you will uh, respect the anonymity of a, of a source. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and to be honest, I'm not looking at blowing anything up right now at all. I, I, I think that that would be detrimental to uh, finding out what's going on, letting uh, the potential uh, killers know that uh, we have information. Uh, you know, I, I like to try to work with the police, and that really wouldn't help anybody. Yes. I'll tell you, I've been I've been studying these murders uh, for a while, as I said, and 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 the last one took place in September of last year, so about four or five months ago. But then they arrested Hilton Adams, and everything has been quiet until now. Now, do you think that Hilton Adams is guilty? Because a couple of us tried to talk to him, and for some reason, they would not let them talk to him at a max security prison. Um, but they did mention that you had been, been by and... Are you regularly speaking to him? Or what, what are your, what's your attitude towards old H-Man? I believe Hilton Adams is innocent. Absolutely, mm-hmm. 100%. I've, 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 I've forged a relationship with his uh, wife, uh, Millie Adams, um, and in speaking to her and what she knows, uh, she's given me permission to go speak with him, and, and he hasn't been incredibly forthcoming with me, but... Um, but maybe he's uh, seen something. I, that's what I feel. I feel as if he has. Because he was seen at the scene of the crime, was he not? That's what they say. But, you know, there's a lot of stories that don't match up. And I think there may have been some foul play uh, going on in in the precinct that arrested him. Oh. What do you uh, think well, about we saw... Robes? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I Forgive me. Uh, but we did see the, the vehicle that they escaped in. You did? 
Did the, did the police know about that? Did you get them that information? Yes, but perhaps if if it is in any way, if, if he had seen, if Mr. Hudson had seen anything and it's the same vehicle, then, then it would all check out. Yeah, is he not, is he not pleading, not, did he plead not guilty? I mean, he, why is he not just screaming... The opposite of bloody murder. They've they've tried several pleas, and it's just it doesn't make it doesn't matter. Uh, Miss Adams has uh, Mrs. Adams has has tried several times to um, try and uh, appeal it. Uh, the the whole neighborhood um, uh, raised money to help pay for uh, Hilton's defense. Um, but well, listen, the, if- the New York Legal Aid Society judged that the case wasn't worthy enough to qualify for one of the attorneys. Um, so his wife only had enough money to pay for uh, one trial and one appeal, and, and the money's all gone now. So, Am I given to understand that here in America that you get the justice that you pay for? I mean, yeah. I, perhaps, yes. What a country. Yes. What? It's complicated. I think there's a race issue, too, that kind of works its way into the whole situation. They still have health care, right? You know what? Don't tell me. (laughs) Schosenberg, we we are of the opinion as well that that, um, based on what we have learned and what we have seen, that um, Mr. Adams is probably altogether innocent of the crimes for which he is accused. He absolutely is. And perhaps... And, and he's, he's going to fry because of it, unless uh, we can do something to help. Break into the uh, prison and rescue him. That's impossible. You don't think we should do... That's probably no, not he's, a good he's, 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 oh, we've he's, seen their security here. We're spitballing here. He's in the death house, too. It's 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 inaccessible. But but we, I could probably get you in there if I introduce you to Millie, and, and she takes a liking to you and, and thinks that your, your cause is just, then she may okay it, and then you could go up there and, and speak to Hilton. I, I don't know. Maybe if he saw you, he... If you explained your situation, he might be more forthcoming than he has been with me because I just know he knows things. But, but let me tell you what I know because this may this may help you. This may be stuff right. you already know. And she starts pulling out uh, newspaper clippings and stuff. And she's like, so I just want to walk you through what I know because it may be helpful. Um, when the first two bodies came up, there was no established link between them. And she's showing you, like, papers for the first murder and papers for the second murder. Um, the only thing that was similar was the the carvings in their forehead. But they didn't, uh, at least they didn't say that they thought it was the same killer. By the third murder, connections started being drawn. Maybe something was leaked um, or they purposely put it out there. But people started saying that this could have been maybe uh, 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 the same murderer. Um, the police were clearly pretty baffled by it, though, because uh, time went on and no one was being arrested for it. Now, beyond the symbol that was carved into their forehead, there were no uh, no ties uh, between any of the, their deaths, except the fact that all of them spent some time uh, in Harlem. But you know that was that was hardly noteworthy because uh, Harlem's a pretty popular place after dark. A lot of people go up there and, and hang out at the clubs. Um, I think they were latching on to that and kind of held on to it for a little too long. And in my opinion, it informed the rest of the investigation. Now, as I've been getting into this more and more, I'm not a detective, um, but I am a, re- a reporter, and I think I'm a good reporter. And part of being a good reporter is doing your research. So 
my thought is the fact that the first bodies were found in different police precincts suggests to me that there was also very little coordination between the precincts and sharing of evidence um, between the various investigations. And then everything was transferred uptown to this Captain Robeson of the 14th Precinct in Harlem. Um, and there was no progress whatsoever, even though all this uh, stuff was happening in one precinct, until Hilton Adams was arrested, found at the site of the eighth murder. So, to me, it sounds like he was a, a patsy. I think that they just needed to pin it on someone, and they pinned it on Hilton. Because if you met this man, he's, he's not a murderer. He's not a killer. He's not someone that's going to carve uh, symbols into people's foreheads. So I don't know. Now, what's your opinion of Robeson? You're a crime. You, you're a beat reporter. You work crime scenes. You got to cross paths with this guy a lot. What do you What do you think about this jump? Well, I think he's either uh, incompetent or he's corrupt. Um, maybe, maybe Rupson was involved with the setup. Maybe he uh, is just involved with the cover up, um, or maybe it's someone in his uh, precinct. But you know. As far as I can tell, he ended up heading in the investigation up because a lot of the later corpses either turned up uh, in Harlem or on the fringes of Harlem. And then they interviewed this uh, Dr. Mordecai Lemming, um, and he yes, said we've had that the they're... pleasure. Oh, you, oh you, you've met Dr. Lemming? Uh, we have. Uh, I've never had the uh, the pleasure, although don't. from what I hear, he's a, a bit of a handful. Well, he's an handful he... as well. Mm-hmm. When he when he started saying that this had something to do with an African death cult, they naturally just pushed everything else uptown, uh, just assuming that the the perp was a member of the African American community. Uh, just these leaps and bounds puts everything in Robeson's lap, and then Hilton Adams, an innocent man in my opinion, and in his wife's opinion, and in many of the people of his neighborhood's opinion, it, something's not right. Well, I think we'd love to go have a word with him. Yeah. You said we would have to meet his wife first. Yeah, I would. I would take you up to meet Millie. I'd call her and I'd I'd, I'd tell her about you, and, and and we could set up a meeting. I'm sure I, we could meet as soon as as tomorrow what uh, do you afternoon. Think if not, all of us go to meet her. Maybe just I don't know me and favors. Probably would make more sense. Although Vaughn is. Is very charming. Hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now wait a goddamn minute. We just don't need any more enemies, but, uh, Carter. I have a silver tongue. It what says so mean? on my stat sheet. A silver tongue? It's fine. Well, wouldn't you rather go see the sister of Carlisle? Yes. I would enjoy that very much, I think. That is a great nice. idea. Go with fun. So, it's tough to figure out where I'm best used. Do you know what I mean? When you have a resource like me. Look, I mean. <laughs> yes, you yeah, I'm a weapon hats. of mass destruction. You don't know where to drop me. Yes. Well, Those don't exist yet, I might add. <laughs> you just bring uh, your, your, your silver tongue and your golden charm up to. Yeah, um, I'm the mustard gas yourself. of uh, conversation. I'm not sure if that's it's quite the same. Vaughn knows what I'm talking about. You spray me everywhere, and then uh, people inhale me, and they I'm intoxicated. You can't you can't help but cough and die. 
Yes, that's if you quite say charming. So. Um, that's how it works, right? Vaughn, 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 the card is slapping Vaughn. You can see him just like staring into the middle distance, yeah. like, mm, you're quite. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. perhaps, perhaps it's best if, um, if you, uh, uh, bring your, uh, kindness to, uh, um, the, the lamented Miss Adams. And, yeah. And, uh, I'll gas perhaps, her right up. Um, if we could just, if we didn't talk about gas anymore, um, <laughs> and we can, uh, Perhaps make a make a journey up to Westchester and mm-hmm. uh, and um, put our charm to good use. What's in the What's in Westchester? It is uh, the prison. Mister Carlyle's sister. Carlyle. Oh, I understand. This the is Carlyle a exhibition. Yeah. Oh, do you not know about any of that? No, no, I. We think there is a like a connection. We believe. Hold, hold again, on. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Carter wants to do a psychology check guess. on this woman before we get deeper into telling her these other things. I want to okay. know if she's on the level. On the level. <laughs> this is a psychology check. Okay. Of course, ahead. I. Oh no! Now, guys. <laughs> When it's all zeros, is that a hundred? Yes. That's a that's a fumble. That's a fumble. So does his brain break when he tries to do this? <laughs> do I have an aneurysm? What is <laughs> <laughs> the mask? I just said uh, nosebleed on Carter. <laughs> all right. So you say Westchester. She's like, "What's in Westchester?" Um, although the, the prison's in Westchester, so it's not that much of a leap. But you guys then start talking about Carlisle, and she's like, "What's Carlisle?" And you're like, "Wait a minute. Should we even be telling her about yes, that's all this?" Um, and yeah, you really can't get a read on her. So I yeah I rolled a hundred immediately like well here's the deal okay so this is we think that a death cult that's involved with demons uh, from other dimensions came in and they killed uh, uh, our friend and uh, now we're trying to hunt it down and some of us can't shake the memories of things that we've seen we saw things in Peru that will blow your mind there's slugs that'll crawl up your nose there's mummies um, there's lots of stuff going on are you getting all this down right Mister Tillinghast I think that's quite enough huh um, wait, wait, wait. I, my, uh, what what is he I talking think I was about? pretty clear. You know, uh, he's writing a book and, you know, but yeah, we, we, we think, um, like our, our, our friend who died, he was looking into the Carlisle exhibition and we think that there may be some, some link. We haven't really figured it out fully yet, but that's okay. why we want to go see Erica. Oh, okay. Uh, listen, I, I know you guys are having, uh, uh, some rough times here, uh, dealing with the loss of your friend, um. I, I, I gotta admit, you're a little all over the place, and and I want to make sure that I can bring you up to Millie and 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 present you as 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 being of sound mind. Mm. Otherwise, we're not going to get a meeting with her, uh, with with Hilton. Listen, I know these talks of death cults might seem a little out there, but I assure you, as somebody who is a researcher myself, I can tell you that death cults or not, whether whether you believe in it or not. Anybody on an expedition, anybody retrieving artifacts, it's a very dangerous line of work. It's very competitive. Uh, and, and somebody will absolutely slit your throat to get uh, a precious artifact to be the first person to 
bring it to a museum and and reap the benefits of a reward. So, so are you as, saying as, as Feyruz is trying to be like, up, 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 up. <laughs> let's maybe walk, not talk about death cults. I just, you know, maybe maybe Doctor Lemming uh, was on to something. If what you're saying is correct, I'm just trying to get my head straight here, and I want to make sure you have your head straight as well. If if Mister Adams is innocent, like I believe he is, and like his wife believes, then we're running out of time to save this poor man's life. He's set to be executed any day now. If we can figure out what's really going on here, I will use my powers here at the Times to expose the whole thing. You give me the information, I'll blow this up. We'll not only save Mr. Adams' life, but the lives of of the next victim and the victim after that. And if it's tied up into what all the stuff you're talking about, we could do a lot of good. And I absolutely love your enthusiasm, but I do have to warn you that this is very dangerous. So for your own safety, please keep this close to the chest. All right. Until we have certain proof that can absolve Mr. Adams of this terrible crime. Walk, walk gently. Hmm? Is there a way I can contact you after I speak to Miss Adams? Mrs. Adams? How did people contact each other? (laughs) You could leave a message impossible to know. Send us a telegram, singing or not, your choice. Pigeons, um, I think. At this point, you can leave messages at the Waldorf or messages with Ramsey. Yes, leave a message at um, whichever you prefer. Yes, um, yes, with uh, Carlton Ramsey, is that it? Yes, Carlton Ramsey. I don't think sensitive information left with that hotel. Uh, Right. Even the Waldorf Astorias. All right, so you give her Carlton's number, and she's like, all right, I'll I'll try and get a hold of her right after... uh, right after lunch and then if we can set up something for tomorrow um, I'll meet you up in Harlem sounds good great All right, forget everything you. I said about mummies that was... I don't think I'll ever forget that but uh, thank you thank you for coming in and uh, I look forward to, uh, to hopefully seeing you tomorrow please uh, I should let you know Mrs. Adams is a, is a sweet woman but she is she is determined and she doesn't mess around, so um, just just be ready. Right. And just one meeting. more one more question. Just one more question. Just one more. <laughs> just one more. <laughs> and, I, and because what? And it, uh. In your professional opinion, aside from the the uh, proximity to Harlem, absolutely nothing connected these victims, aside from the nature of their wounds. I have not been able to find a connection. But if there is one, I believe Hilton knows. Before he was arrested, he had a a group similar to yours that was going around Harlem trying to protect the neighborhood because these bodies were showing up. I think Hilton knows more than he's saying. And maybe he's trying to protect his wife, and I can understand that. But... I haven't been able to figure it out. Very well. And um, we'll receive an introduction, care of his wife, and then we shall show him that we are fellow travelers. Great. Great. All right. Well, nice clothes. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. you. She says, but she doesn't really mean it. She uh, <laughs> goes down to my knee. <laughs> and you leave the New York Times and you're sitting there just outside of Times Square on a 
Tuesday afternoon, right? I think we're on at Tuesday. Sure. No, so it's Monday. It's Monday. Uh, yeah, it's Monday. You're sitting in Times Square. It's it's getting late. It's almost the uh, the end of the day. You've been bouncing all around town, taking appointments. What are you going to do next? Let's find out right after this quick word from our sponsor. All right, it's a happy hour in New York City. It's Monday. What do you guys want to do? I legit don't know what you want to do. There's like so many leads, but it's a weird thing doing it day by day and in real time. And that like, well, it's getting kind of late to go to so-and-so's office or hop on a train upstate unannounced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we just kind of fast forward time to tomorrow morning. Unless anyone had some crazy nighttime shenanigans they want to get into. Yeah, anybody okay. have a, a hot date? You guys have mm. personal lives? Uh, not I mean, the, I not mean, the characters. Now probably the, not, yeah. I mean, not the players, the characters. No to both. <laughs> yeah, like, do you have any friends in the city? Is there anybody, like... No to both. About, let's oh. go, just for I mean, shits and giggles, let's go back to certainly. your contacts uh, on your certainly, on your certainly. sheet here. Like, Feyre's, I think yours was your mom. My, no, my mom's dead. Your mom's dead. Who's your dad? Wow, Troy. Well, I, wow. Sorry, I brought the. Yikes. Troy. Too soon, buddy. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, like prized possession and prized people. Are you are you contact? Like, Rob, are you getting back in touch with your wife, sending her letters? I could ask my dad about all this stuff if he's heard about any weird ongoings. Is he back in Massachusetts? Yeah. You also found that. Uh, notice about a lecture that happened at New York University yeah. from a visiting professor from Miskatonic University, this uh, right. Australian professor. And now mm-hmm. you hear that Jackson was thinking about going to Australia. So there's a little, little connection there as well. Uh, you know, more like cult stuff. What was his lecture on again? Uh, I don't know, but I'll send my dad a The telegraph. cult of darkness. Letting him know what mm. I'm up to. Polynesia. Okay. Little telegram and just let him. I'm in, in New York, safe, staying at the Waldorf with three Stop. strangers. Stop. <laughs> three stars. Stop. Oh, she's staying at the Waldorf. New All outfit. Right. Stop. <laughs> Ill fitting. Witness three murders. Stop. Um, Shot man in face. <laughs> <laughs> Tilling house peed on somebody's desk. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I love uh, it. All right, so you want to just call it a night and fast forward till Monday? I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous unless you guys want to do something else. I feel yeah. like let's get I'll to see, the... Yeah. Vaughn, maybe, maybe you lose track of Vaughn. He drifts off into the night. He's like, gives you the key and he's like, I'll be back later. I'm like... Just Batman style? Just fucking fades into the darkness? <laughs> you, if you, yeah. Walks we off. Return if and you, you're gone. If you, if you, room yeah, key. Not, We're all Commissioner Gordon. I know what he's doing. <laughs> I right, think... Vaughn, Vaughn wants to spend some time alone. Okay. Yes. Vaughn wants, Vaughn wants to spend some time alone. I Great. think okay. Margot rekindled with Gunter a little bit, um, and she's been writing him letters. And so maybe she's who doing Gunter that. is? Gunter's my significant people. Right. Oh. He was uh, the art teacher that fell in love with me, and I was like, no, that's gross. Right. Um, yeah. But also, don't stop paying. But also, don't stop. It's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I've Gunter's almost been back killed. In Germany, right? <laughs> mm hmm. Okay. And then I imagine she did maybe like know of at least know of people like in the art world here mm-hmm. but I don't know if she's hanging out with them right um alright and then Carter are you just uh, I'll talk to you later yeah Carter wants to make sure he's got keys to the to the to the pad 
Okay, he's, you've got the keys. Vaughn left okay. you the keys. All right, yeah. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll just be... And then I can basically order whatever I want, right? I mean, in terms of the drinks and the... Well, not the drinks. Right. Well, you've got a bellboy that's been hooking you up with some booze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Carter's spending valuable time getting in with that bellboy. Bathtub hooch. Bathtub hooch. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. If at any point in the night you uh, you come back or anything... Um, or Vaughn, when you do come back, could be mm-hmm. late at night. You do, do tell me. Um, the desk tells you that uh, Mr. Ramsey left a message for you. Okay, great. So yeah, if Vaughn comes back flushed in the cold, Sig- got a got a cigarette, got a dangler, just cigarette, mm-hmm. and like like any messages, any messages, sport. Uh, yes, Mr. Ramsey, uh, Carlton Ramsey, left a message for you. Yes, let's see that. Um, he said, uh, the, the message is written down, it says, uh, uh, Lafayette Theatre, 132nd Street and 7th Ave, uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much, my good man. It's like... Ding, flicks him a coin. Okay. Yep. Rio Silva. <laughs> yep. And you head up to the room, and you all go to sleep, and you wake up Tuesday. Uh-huh. You have an 11 a.m. meeting back up in Harlem at the Lafayette Theater, 132nd Street and 7th Ave. We'll say you called Carlton and... Uh, said that uh, Rebecca, you know, you're going to be left a message from uh, Rebecca Schosenberg. Rebecca called him and said, uh, I've set up the meeting. And so Carlton called the Waldorf and left a message for you of the location and time. I assume you just want to kind of make your way there eventually at 11. This is to meet um, Miss Adams? Miss Adams, yes. Um, Now, initially you were talking about possibly splitting up, maybe just sending the women there, Um, but then you wanted uh, Vaughn and Carter to perhaps add their charm to the mix. Uh, Where do you guys stand on this this morning? And also, what else are you thinking about doing uh, on Tuesday? You've got some time here before your 11 a.m. meeting. I mean, for me, I feel like the priority is talking to the Carlisle sister. That would be Mm -hmm. the other... Get to the, you know, kind of start addressing the grander issue of yes, psychoanalysts and, and safes and, and his books yeah yeah then right. do we want to meet up after that and do something or yeah I mean her uh, if you do a little bit of research or you ask the front desk about uh, an Erica Carlisle you can get an address uh, she has a uh, mansion uh, outside of the city um, in Westchester how long would uh, that be to get there by train. It would probably take you take. 45 minutes to an hour to get there by train. Oh. Um, oh. Bring a Game Boy. It's close. <laughs> um, Bring a Game Boy. Couldn't, didn't we get note that Carlton could maybe do an introduction for us yeah, on that? Yeah, I think we should do mm-hmm. that. Yes. Yeah, if you want to reach out to Carlton, he could try and contact her people and see if the meeting could be and set we can up. do. Can we try to do that like kind of first thing in the morning? I do so have people experience wake up in the 20s, like going five. all the way up there for nothing, not to being able to get in. Yeah. To where I was going. Yes, I've, I've um, probably Fräulein Sauer and I have learned a great deal about the wonderful transit system you have. Taking here. the train back in defeat. All the while, you're at the DMV having the time of your life. 
Hmm. Now, the only thing is... Living the dream. If we do that and just the ladies go and talk um, to Hilton's wife, that probably means that only the ladies will get into the prison, right? Because she will have met them, vetted them. I don't think it would work to be like, oh, by the way, these two other jokers are going to come with us (laughs) that you've never met. That's a good point. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But it's just something to consider. We don't have to split up. I'm down, I mean, I'm down to cover as much ground as possible simultaneously. But that was just something to remind everybody that could be an issue. Yeah. All right, maybe do a team, team jump uptown and then see if that changes their mind on what you want to do next. Okay. Um, and yeah. meanwhile, you can wait to, uh, you could call uh, Carlton and see if he was able Just to get those wheels. Anything. We'll yeah, do that. Yeah, we'll yeah. make yeah. motion. Put Carlton on the case for getting us an introduction to Erica yeah. Carlisle. I w- and I would rather not Jody Foster my way into that prison. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, Carter, <laughs> Carter wants to meet those that CEO. Yeah. Uh, to to and Margo about him. How you like them apples? Get the fuck out of here, donuts. <laughs> hey, your feet is Zane. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, great. So you're going to head up town to meet Millie Adams, and uh, Rebecca Schosenberg is going to introduce you. So you head up there, and uh, as you approach, you've spent some time up here in Harlem already when you went to visit Carlton Ramsey. Hell, you could even pop by his office afterwards if you stay up here and say, any news on Carla? Um, You see Rebecca uh, standing uh, outside of the theater with an elegant African-American woman with fine features, perfectly styled hair. She's wearing a a neatly pressed blouse and woolen skirt, and they're standing, uh, waiting for you under the theater's marquee. Uh, you actually see a placard for the theater uh, that I can show you right now um, if you direct yourselves to roll 20. It says, The House of Good Plays, Lafayette Theater, 7th Ave and 132nd Street, Harlem's biggest, coolest playhouse. See men and women of your own race in Broadway dramas. A good play every week. Seats reserved six weeks in advance. Wow. The Lafayette Theater. And imagine if you could just guarantee that every play you go to is good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we guarantee. Not what a guarantee. gift. It's the, cool, it's the coolest. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've all uh, arrived and uh, exchanged pleasantries, um, Millie uh, ushers all of you, including Rebecca, into the lobby of the Lafayette Theater, um, past the ticket booths and cloakrooms and through uh, into the stalls. You see various uh, cleaners and other staff members of the theater just smile and, and greet Mrs. Adams as she passes. They also seem to know Mrs. Schosenberg, so you assume this is probably their preferred meeting place uh, up here in Harlem whenever Rebecca meets with Millie. Takes you into the theater, and the house lights are fully up in the main auditorium as uh, Millie shows all of you two seats uh, in the center of the stalls. And uh, she stands up and just kind of takes in the uh, the theater, and uh, she says, I've, I've worked here at the Lafayette as a musician and singer since it opened. I uh, don't make it a practice to invite strangers into my home. I hope you understand. 
I assure you we are, we are honored by by your agreement to meet us and especially under under the circumstances so thank you Miss Schoenberg tells me that you lost a friend I'm sure they'll find a way to say my husband is guilty of that as well even while he's sitting in a cell 30 miles away waiting for the day that they kill him yes we've been acquainted with the uh, peculiarities of the justice system of this fair city we too believe that um, your husband is quite innocent of these crimes for which he's outrageously accused my husband is innocent and I don't say this as a grieving wife who doesn't know the man she married Hilton is a good man he we will fought for this country he came back but like so many others it doesn't matter what you do for this country the sacrifices you make if the color of your skin isn't white we will do whatever it takes to make sure that your husband is set free because we too are not disinterested parties being friends ourselves the recently deceased and also witnesses she sits down uh, in a seat next to you and just kind of leans uh, backwards to look at you she says um, Hilton didn't confide uh, in me everything he knew about the deaths and disappearances in Harlem over the past few years but he did tell me his suspicions so I've spent the last few months trying to confirm those suspicions for myself but may I ask what is it that you are here for? Are you just looking for your friend's killer? Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you would take an interest in my husband, but you don't know him. Are you just warriors of justice? Or is this about something else? Well, I think we have mutual interests that intersect. We want to get to the bottom of who killed our friend. We believe that the same people that committed the murders that your husband has been falsely accused of, we would love to be able to talk to your husband to get more info, find out whatever he's witnessed, whatever he's seen, so we can then get to the bottom of this and hopefully everyone's satisfied at the end of the day. But it, it appears as though this isn't just petty crimes and this isn't just senseless violence. This is something, a, a much broader picture and, and while we do very greatly want to see who it was that, that had done this to our friend and, and to see that your husband gets set free we also want to make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else She takes it in, she thinks about it Well I'll I'll make you a deal. If you agree to help me exonerate my husband, I'll give you all the information I have that will hopefully lead to the true killers. All of Hilton's other friends have abandoned him. They've given up the fight over fear and intimidation. The authorities don't take my suspicions seriously. I have no one else to turn to. So if you're going to help... And I need you to help. 
We should yeah. stay in contact with you. If there's anything that we find out, we won't keep you in the dark. I would very much like that. You can contact Miss Schosenberg, or suppose possibly even me directly. Let me tell you what I know. Hilton, um, he began growing concerned when Harlem locals began to disappear several years ago. As the number of disappearances increased, he uh, turned to a group of friends from the saloon where they hung out, uh, Teddy's. It's just a couple blocks from here. These men all served in the uh, Harlem Hellfighters in the Great War. Not together, mind you, but they all found each other when they came back to Harlem after the war ended. So the five of them, Hilton and his friends, they began organizing patrols to try and protect members of our community while also trying to find out who was responsible for these disappearances after the police down at the 14th Precinct refused to take this matter seriously. So even after the mutilated bodies started appearing a couple years back, the police still refused to do anything, claiming gang violence and robberies gone wrong as the cause, despite these pronouncements regarding an African death cult by some old crackpot with too much time on his hands. Now, even though it sounded crazy, they were exploring all leads, so Hilton and his friends focused a little while on this death, death cult link, did their due diligence and managed to find a, a reference uh, in the New York Public Library about some long-dead cult from East Africa. Now, Hilton never told me what it was called, and the police confiscated his journal where he kept all his notes regarding the case. Did they confiscate I, the book as well? They did. I, I do remember he had a, a, a strip of red cloth that he used as a bookmark in the journal. He never said so, but I always felt as if that cloth held some significance. Hmm. But the police took that too. Was Where it did flannel? He... Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Where did he get it? He never told me. He was very secretive. He probably didn't want to get me all worried and now I'm heading up the investigation myself, in the thick of it. I wish he had told me more. And even when I go and see him, he's loath to say so too much. Doesn't want to get me in trouble. Can I roll a psychology <clears throat> roll on her? Because I feel like Margot wants to be like, dude, the people that we saw murdering our friend were wearing red cloths. So, like, this is significant and, like, kind of share information because she shared information with us. But I also don't want to, like, make her freak out. So I kind of want to roll to see if, like, should I divulge this? I don't know. Feel that out? Yeah. Yeah. Roll it. Um, that's a good roll. It is. I think my thing is 50. Yes. 62 over 50. You will destroy her. Oh, no. Spend that luck. <laughs> so, in that case, maybe I, like, nudge over to whoever's sitting next to me. Who wants to be sitting next to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 
Okay. Uh, and just be like, should we tell her about the red? Yeah, I think we. Yeah, do it. Okay. Um, we we ask about um this cloth because when when we found our our friends and we saw the people who were murdering him running away, they were all um wearing headbands that were very long and they were red flannel headbands, and it seemed to like be their signature thing. So you saying that he had this cloth? I would love... Yeah, we would want to know where he got maybe, it. Yeah, maybe he encountered one of these people. Right. Maybe that's why he's been framed. Maybe he did. There was one night he came home and he was a little bruised up. Said he got into a scuffle at Teddy's, but I knew that he was out on patrol that night. Maybe he... Maybe he ran into one of these people. Well, Hilton and his friends, their, their investigation didn't go too well with the police when they caught wind of it, and they began coming around our home warning Hilton about the dangers of stirring up trouble. These police under the, uh, under the leadership of one Robeson? They are indeed. Yes. Do you think that they're in on this? In your opinion. Hilton believed, and now he, he was reluctant to include me in all of his inquiries, but he did mention that he believed there was a cult operating in Harlem and that they were probably paying the police to turn a blind eye to their activities, just like all the other criminal gangs did. Now, whether it was a cult or a gang... That doesn't sound that unusual to me. But I find it strange that the police would allow murders to go on. It's one thing to pay for drugs to go around town. It's another thing to turn a blind eye to murder and mutilation. Well, once the police started coming around, they started coming around to his friends as well. And, uh, some of the more conservative members of the old guard were concerned that Hilton and their group activity would only bring Harlem into disrepute, especially if they started mentioning all this cult nonsense, which, as far as they were concerned, just played into the white perception of black people as uneducated savages. And this was further backed up by uh, the respective church elders in a series of pointed sermons. This was another reason that Hilton's friends all but abandoned him. Now, one night, shortly before his arrest, I did hear Hilton mention the name Juju House to his friend Needham Johnson, who works as a uh, reporter at the New York Age. A proprietor by the name of Silas Nkwane, unless I'm quite mistaken. I'm not familiar with the proprietor, but uh, yes, it is a it's a shop of just African curios up here in Harlem. Um, you know, maybe he questioned him about uh, these cults to see if there was any truth to it. Hmm. But I do remember overhearing him talk with Needham about a juju house. Um, anyhow, Hilton was arrested in September uh, last year, found 
standing over the body of a middle-aged white man in a, a dingy alley not too far from the New York branch, uh, the Harlem branch of the New York Public Library. Uh, the police, allegedly uh, alerted by the dying man's screams, uh, claimed to have seen Hilton throw away a bloody knife when confronted. Now, this knife, this was Hilton's army-issued bolo knife, It was reportedly recovered from the scene and formed the crux of the prosecution's case against him. Now, you must understand, Hilton and his friends went out on patrol almost every night. They did so to keep Harlem safe, to protect our people. No one asked them to do that, but they did it. Every night. And every one of those nights, I don't remember Hilton ever bringing out that bolo knife with him when he went on patrol. And now he's sitting on death row, not awaiting the Lord's judgment, but awaiting the the judgment of a corrupt system using my husband as a patsy. I'm so sorry. Thank you. How would they have gotten a hold of this knife? Did you guys have any break-ins, or was there any... In your home, or what? We didn't have any break-ins. Of course, after they arrested Hilton, they came in here and kicked me out and did a whole search. They found blood. They found all of this stuff. None of that was there. None of that was there. He never took that knife out with him. Was there anything, anything particularly unusual or concerning to you in the in the day or days immediately preceding your husband's arrest you know he uh, they felt as if they were getting close to something I could always tell that he was uh, almost excited to go out on patrol like they felt like they were close to cracking the case that the police weren't interested in solving um, but he uh, just wouldn't share enough information with me and no matter how many times I visit him he's still pretty tight-lipped now he knows I would never abandon him like his friends down the street but uh, I think he's afraid that uh, whoever set him up would come for me too if I start poking my nose around but frankly it's too late because I'll stop at nothing to see him free. Well, we'd love to speak to him if possible, just to assure him that we've seen a lot of the same things that he has, things like this red cloth. Uh, and hopefully we can, you know, hopefully he'll be more willing to share some information if he's not so concerned with what happens to us as much as he is with you. And there could be things that maybe he didn't think was relevant to his search, but maybe as we corroborate our stories and, and compare, maybe maybe it will be significant. Yes, as a veteran of the Great War myself, madam, I can tell you that there are things that one encounters sometimes that you do not wish to burden those you care for by divulging them at length and in detail. Yeah. And it is not for any want of love that he is withholding these things from you. In fact, it is because of a surfeit of it. But we who have seen these things with our own eyes, he may be more willing to share with us. And the larger the picture that we can form of the actual perpetrators of these wretched crimes, 
then the more the truth can come to light and your husband's life be saved. She reaches out and puts a hand on your hand, Fawn, feeling a special connection to you as you two were a veteran of the same war, thankfully fighting on the same side, unlike the German faith. <laughs> I'm an artist. I don't know. <laughs> she. Yes, this cool one here. Man. No love for the Kaiser. All right. Vaughn and your husband. Vaughn and your husband can just. They can just talk about mustard gas till the cows come home. Mm. I, I know he. Vaughn's always wanted to chat about that. <laughs> yes, I'm Red sure Phoebe? we can find many, many things to uh, uh, to commiserate over chilling ass. But if you could provide us the, the, certain, the letters of introduction that will allow us into the presence of your husband, we should be grateful. And we will not forget the terms of, of the agreement that we have made to seek with all our energy to exonerate your husband. I will do so. They have allowed me to visit more frequently as of late. It used to be that I could only come once a week, but now I'm able to come. Come and go almost as I want, even though I'm only allowed to stay for a half an hour at a time. And I think it's because they're getting ready to execute him. And so they're letting me say my last goodbyes. I will call him immediately. Well, not him, but I'll call the prison and get you set up as soon as humanly possible. If there's something he knows that either he won't tell me or that has gone right over my head that will mean more to you, I want you to hear it from him. There's a good chance that he's maybe not told you everything for your own protection. I believe that to be true. Thank you. Thank you for taking an interest in in this and... Uh, Again, I'm very sorry for your loss. I hope to not be uh, mourning my husband in the same way that you're mourning your friend. We hope so as well. And Rebecca nods and stands up, gives Millie a hug and escorts you out. She stays in. And uh, Rebecca says... uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to, to meet her and, and talk to her. Uh, I'll uh, I'll be in touch with her. And then do you want me to just call this Mr. Ramsey again uh, to let you know when we're able to uh, make this happen? She uh, she has a good rapport with them at the prison. I think she probably will be able to get you in fairly quickly. Well, if she has a good rapport with the people at the prison, then she has a, a greater quantity of charm than uh, any soul I know. Um, they're tough nuts to crack, those two. They are but, very, um, very mean. So yes. No reason, either. <laughs> Unaccountable. <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> if, um, yes, with all haste, the sooner we know that we, that we have the uh, appropriate introductions, then we will, we will go and make our interview. Great. I'm going to go get lunch. See ya. <laughs> I gotta get a room. Cool, peace out. Did you uh, invite us for lunch? Sorry, I have another group of investigators I'm having lunch with. 
Oh, in see. Oh. I'm sure they're so cool. No, no, that they're, is so they're, popular with the investigators. You guys are great. I just, I had these plans before I met you. No, it's cool. I thought that we were good friends, but um, okay. Their clothes fit them better. I'm sure there's a, a, a fast food place around here you could enjoy. Goodbye. Have a nice fast food. Well, you know, hey, Just guys, we're like up here. This? We're already in Harlem. Let's check out this Juju House place, which I completely yes. forgot about. Yes, yes. Let's yes. do that before we check it back in on Carlton. Yes, being brought up by Mr. Lemming uh, made me file it under irrelevant, but hearing it from the lips of uh, <laughs> lips of uh, Mrs. Adams has uh, moved it to the front of the pack. And perhaps maybe even Teddy's, if you think that's. I was wondering if it's um, if it would be okay for us to do that. I would we be overstepping talking to people who don't want to be involved? Like, what if we run into um, one of Hilton's friends? And they're not, uh, I don't know. We could just go for lunch. Um, Teddy's is only a couple blocks away. Um, you could roll by there. Uh, you would think it's probably, uh, you got the, the feeling from uh, talking to Millie that it's probably a gentleman's club. Uh, so women, women would be allowed in. Um, so maybe you split the party. Well, I can go to uh, the salad bar, I guess, where the ladies go. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the Margot Sour Bar. Oh, oh, you said sour bar there's sorry. a curves across the street from Teddy's. The curves. So excellent. We'll go to Teddy's. We'll you curves. go. Okay, we'll go. We can go to Juju House. Yes. yes. And you can go to Teddy's. Do you know what? Maybe we can stop at one of those uh, street carts on the way there. Gets a hot dog. A Vienna sausage, if you will. Dog. <laughs> Vienna sausage. They're yeah. like right. sausages, but terrible. I'm, yeah. I can't be worse in the DMV, so I hope I'm not disappointed by your I want to break dog. into the DMV At again. least the line will be much shorter. Can, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we got a classic Call of Cthulhu party split Call with uh, Margo and Feyruz, uh heading a, a little further uh, into Harlem to check out this uh, juju house that Dr. Lemming mentioned. Uh, he's done business with them as a uh, historian or... or Folklorist, he's uh, purchased some things from this guy. He says he's pretty reputable. Um, and uh, then Carter and Vaughn are going to go check out this uh, Teddy's to see if Hilton's old crew is about. So let's pick it up with the two of them since it's closer while Margot and Feyruz make their way deeper into Harlem. Mm-hmm. You head over to old Teddy's. And uh, there is a uh, large doorman outside, and there's a little sign that indeed says, no women. Hmm. Can I help you? A table for two, my good man. All right. Right this way. And he uh, lets you inside, and uh, the interior is uh, plainly, though comfortably furnished. Tables and booths around the walls. Um, There's a small stage at the far end uh, of this room. It's all like one room, Uh, and there's a bar lining one wall um, and a limited food menu, you can tell. Um, It's a, a little dark in there. 
Um, there's no like, there's not a lot of windows letting light in, and there's just like this thin plumes of cigarette and cigar smoke hanging in the air. So it's even though it's only like noon, twelve thirty out, it feels like you're in another time and place. Um, and you sit down at a table, uh, and the guy says, "If you want something, just order it from the bar." And then the doorman goes back outside. There's a bartender just watching you <laughs> cleaning the well, bar. Well, I don't know about you, but I want some steak fries, stat. So I'm gonna go up there and order. Maybe give a give a scan of the the bar here, VV. See if you Here's. see any. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone else have the pall of war? Hanging over them, you must be able to recognize <laughs> just these sour pusses. Yeah. Yes, I'll cast my eye around Tillinghast. Uh, yes, give me give me some of those uh, steak and palm frites if you uh. If you no, I'm gonna get steak fries. Mm, right. Two steak fries. Very well. Coming up. Great. <laughs> Maybe a seltzer. Vaughn, you go up to the bar. Yeah, Carter's going up to the bar. Carter's going to the bar. And I will, and I'll take his, I'll take his advice and just look around the room and take in who else is here. Give me a spot hidden, Vaughn. Uh, Ready? Spot war torn. Yeah. Um. Ready? Oh, come on now. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend luck. I rolled. It's actually kind of a lot. I, 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 I rolled eighty nine over seventy five. Do you want me to just try to talk to the bartender real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to spend six points of luck, I can tell you something. Um, or if you want to just uh, see what Carter turns up with, it's up to you. Um, maybe, or yeah, let's see what Carter can do. I, I might, uh, that, let's say that spot hidden is like my eyes are like burning from the smoke and like uh, yeah. it's so dark in there I can barely see anything. And like, mm, only one thing to do at a moment like this, smoke yourself. Yeah, you like... And you do look Since around and you don't see any groups. There's no, like, large groups. The The largest uh, group is, like, a, a two two people sitting together, and there's a couple of them, and then the rest is all just, like, uh, solo guys sitting at tables by themselves. There's probably, all in all, like, maybe 12 people in there. Um, you see a big staircase going down. Uh, over to the right of the stage uh, and you wonder like oh I wonder this this might be a hopping place at night like it might turn into a speakeasy mm. um, very common at the time Carter you go up to the bar bartender's like uh, can I help you? yeah I want two orders of your finest steak fries steak fries we have a very limited menu um, I assume as that you can on see right here we menu. only have uh, ham and cheese sandwiches yeah uh, club sandwiches. Uh, ooh. And the soup of the day. What's the soup of the day? We're out. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, these options are borderline limitless. Um, I'm going to do two club sandwiches. Feels like the equivalent of a fried potato wedges. Two club sandwiches. Can yeah. I get you anything to drink? Well, I wish I could say uh, a bourbon, but obviously you don't have that right now, right? No, we don't now. I want to come back here at nighttime. Maybe uh, that'll change. But right now, uh, just soda. Yeah, we'll do some soda waters. A couple soda waters? Yeah. Oh, that was louder than I... Here you go. Uh, Where are you guys sitting? Uh, We're the two white guys over there. Ah, right. 
Yeah. It's like a sore thumb. All right. Yeah. I'll bring those club sandwiches over in a second. Here's your seltzers. And one other question here. Um, yes. Do you know about anybody around here that's involved in the... Uh, oh, shit. Uh, the Hell Riders? The Hell Riders. The Hell Riders. The Harlem Hellfighters, you mean? That's Yeah, that's... A, sorry, that's... It's the smoke. Uh, I believe that gentleman over there uh, was involved. He's usually here with a bunch of other guys. That's uh, that's art. Art. Okay. Don't be causing any trouble in here, though. Okay. Do I look like the kind of guy who causes trouble? Yes. You're right, but not today. Just be cool. Or I'll call Lenny in to take care of the other side. I don't of your want face. to even know, be introduced to Lenny. He sounds. You were just, he just sat here at that table. That guy, oh, that was Lenny. That was Lenny. <clears throat> be cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I would advise looking to steak fries. They're on the up and up. Coming, you know, right. on the come up. I'll, I'll check it out. Click a couple of sandwiches. Fry. I'm going to go make them right now. Oh, you're the okay. Great, I'm I appreciate that. All right, thank, thank you. you. And he Bye. leaves. Uh, goes to make the club sandwich. How's it coming with those fries, stealing house? Or because you're bad news. Here. I got good news and I got bad news. Yeah. Steak fries not on the menu. Should have looked mm. at that before I ordered them. Yes, that's generally the how it works. Good news is this guy over there, Art, is in the Harlem Hellriders. Fighters. Hell fighter. Hell fighters. Yes. Hell fighters. Legendary. Legendary old man. Right, as of 20 minutes ago when we first learned of them. <laughs> um, and, uh, Vaughn, perhaps, probably, Vaughn may have Vaughn, heard of them. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Vaughn, I think, might just like, hell with it, here for a reason. And, and he's like, charged up from like, pledging this oath to the widow, or the, the hopefully not widow, and uh, walks across the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good turn of phrase, walks across the, uh, the, the bar and, um, Gets up next to Art. Is Art alone? He is alone. Um, he is sitting there with uh, without a jacket, um, just with a collar and like a loose tie. His sleeves are rolled up. Uh, he's got short hair with like a receding hairline and a very, very neat mustache. And he's just uh, got a, a long cigarette dangling out of his mouth. He looks pretty tired. Like maybe he works nights and then comes in here. Um works like really late at nights because mm-hmm. uh, his eyes are pretty bloodshot um, I'll show you on roll 20 right now a uh, historical photo of the Harlem Hellfighters yeah pretty cool shot awesome um, stuff they were uh, I believe it was a, a real deal here there was like a little sidebar about them I think they that was like the nickname given to them by the German soldiers for their tenacity mm-hmm. it was an all black regiment nice yeah I, 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 I just get up next to him and I almost look like a kind of a sort of semi-mirror just c- cigarette dangling just next to him I kind of lean over like take a look at that man right over there now I'm not one to judge but um, one by appearances for I know that appearances can often be deceiving but uh, this um, mask over his face might give you to understand that he's uh, received um, shrapnel in the eye Perhaps a uh, burn in the trench. That's what I was given to believe. Would you believe, as I cock an eyebrow to him, that's from being kicked in the face by his wife's horse? Guy just kind of looks up at you, and uh, there's a case on the table in front of him. 
It's like about yay big. And he uh, kind of pulls it down and puts it on the seat next to him. He's like, what, man? Come on, leave me alone. I'm just trying to relax. Of course. I mean, God, what I was clumsily trying to do there is like, words and like, here's a guy with stolen valor. Um, Carter just knows that they're pointing at him, but he's like, hey! And then, like, tries to take a sip and it kind of like dribbles. Oh, fuck. He takes cool. a drink uh, of his coffee and butts out his cigarette a little bit. This guy's extremely tired and not having it. I mean, can I roll charm? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give me a, a roll. I, I shouldn't have just pushed you off with at least a roll. No, no, no. Okay, I was lost in our role play, Russ. I, I, I too was 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 right there. I get I so lost, up. I forget if we're playing a game. I just I think we're this inhabiting these characters. What? <laughs> All right, I rolled a forty nine under fifty five, which is charming, but not too charming. It's a, it's a charming. success, though. I, yeah, that is a success. That I, sounds I, about I, right. Unless I set the difficulty at a hard success, so maybe he blows you off at first. Well, come on, man, leave me alone. Pulls this case down by his side, and then he's like looks at you and maybe there's something in you he sees mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, yeah I'm like name's Von Villiers I was also in Belgium put cigarette in his mouth uh, nice to meet you uh, Art Mills we did a little time there but not much when did you get back uh too bloody late for my liking, but too bloody soon for some. It's only there, uh... Only there a few months, old man, before, uh... Got a... Got a bullet right in the upper hip. Well, at least you were able to come back and talk about it. Yes, got some indeed. buddies that got bullets in their hip and they're still over there. Indeed. Nice as well. You mind me asking... What you're doing in a place like this? Twelve forty-five on a Tuesday. I mean, why not? Some I will allow me to answer your question with question. Uh, were you a friend, sir, of a um, gentleman by the name of uh, Hilton Adams? He like stiffens. For a minute, um, uh, why? Why do you ask? Kind of starts looking around. Oh, you needn't be—you needn't be at all concerned. I'm uh, not with the police. I've never even met the man. But um, I have read about him in the papers, and I, for one, believe that he is entirely innocent of the crimes for which he's accused. Who told you to come here? How did you how did you know to talk to me about this? I've been asking around the neighborhood, my friend and I. What do you want to know, man? I I feel bad enough. I I just I don't I don't really want to talk about it. I don't want to be seen talking about it. It's just it's a it's a shitty situation and it's it's I feel bad. We all feel bad. We all feel bad indeed. Do you read the paper, sir? Perhaps if you see that one of the crimes fitting the profile for which Mr. Adams is languishing up in Sing Sing was committed just a couple nights ago. There was another 
there was another murder? There was, fitting the exact modus operandi of the ones for which he is accused. And I should know, sir, because I saw it happen. What are you talking about? You saw it happen. Wait, I did not wait. see the murder itself, but I saw the aftermath. Wait a minute. There was still, he's like very cautious about his voice level and everything. He's like, you're telling me there was another murder exactly like the one that the one that Hilton was arrested for. And yes. And you saw the murder. Or you saw the, the body afterwards that... What's this fellow's last name? Uh, Mills. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Mills. If I was to say I saw a gentleman wearing a very peculiar red sash, would that mean anything to you? Sit down. Perhaps you would like to sit down and join my friend. Carver's like... Call him over here into a booth. It's a little more private. Yes, yes, of course. I understand. And uh, I, I uh, wade through the smoke and gesture to, to um, yeah. Dillinghast. Hey, yes. Are you guys talking about the murders yet or what? Uh, y- yes, Dillinghast. The subject's been breached. Oh, Allow me to fantastic. introduce Mr. Mills. Mills. Uh, hey, Art. How are you? Carter. Dillinghast. Carter reaches out a hand to shake Mr. Mills' hand. They close up on their hands, shaking. And then we leave this scene... And we come to Margot and Feyruz somewhere else in Harlem looking for this African art emporium called Juju House. Um, you're able to get the address. It's one ransom court. Uh, you arrive outside of a like a cluttered alley kind of uh, off of a West 137th Street east of Lenox Ave. You see a sign for Ransom Court above. Uh, you walk down a, a short alleyway, and it opens up into a 20-foot square court. Um, you see the doors for Juju House, uh, and then the back door of an abandoned pawn shop that fronts onto 138th Street. You actually passed by the pawn shop on the way into this alley, and you could see that the doors were boarded up, and there's a for rent sign. Um... There are uh, curtains on the door, and uh, so you can't see inside curtains on the window. Um, and you do see some, like, curios uh, in the window. And let me just find it here. There are uh, different African art curios, and then there's a handwritten card propped up on the bottom corner of the window. Uh, it says the shop hours are from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., closed on Sundays, with lunch between 12 and 1. If you look down at your watch, uh, it's close to 2 o'clock by now, so they should be open. is uh, holding a hot dog in one hand, a cigarette in the other. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, this is the place, Sour. And she, she fully takes one long-ass drag on the cigarette, flicks it, <laughs> exhales, finishes her hot dog and then claps right. <laughs> you wonder what life expectancies weren't as uh, long <laughs> as they are now. The old recession special. Uh, right, so you guys hop, hop inside? Yeah, I think while we're finishing our hot dogs like Margo's kind of like trying to confusingly eat it while standing and just kind of being like I am 
discomfortable with this. No, um, you don't eat it from the middle. She's eating it it's, like this. It like just as supposed to eat while we stand, and just uh, it's a very soft. Is this soft. how you do it? It's, There's no fork and knife. And just a little bit of mustard. Um, okay, I'm going to eat it. So what? So we just go in and ask for the book at some point. Well, uh, it's it's open and it's it's a, it's a normal business. So I would say we we pretend that we're browsing at first, get a lay of the land, see if anything catches our eye, and and then maybe ask questions. Okay. She puts the rest of the hot dog in her mouth, eats it, swallows it. It's better okay, not I'm to t- chew too long. I'm t- I'm oh, I'm done. Let's go. Uh, you go to open the door and you hear like a clang behind you and you look up the head of the alley and you see like a couple of winos like crash into a trash can and then just stumble down the street. You open up the door um, to look inside and uh, the interior of the shop is very small. It's like 15 by 20 feet. Uh, it's pretty dirty, dusty, and it's just piled from floor to ceiling with African tribal artifacts and bric-a-brac. You see devil masks, leather-headed drums, stuffed model giraffes, carved wildebeests, dull, uh, like the dull, the blade is dull, dull hand weapons intended for display, ivory warthogs and whatnot. Um, and then... Uh, behind a, a cluttered, waist-high glass cabinet stands a small, thin, balding old man with only a, a wisp of white hair. He's wrapped in a, uh, a particular red blanket, uh, and he smiles a, a toothless grin at you both as you open the door. Um, you have anthropology, uh, Nora? Or, or, or Margo? I, I don't know. I do have anthropology. Now, is that red blanket made of flannel? Well, give it a, give it a roll. Uh, see what you see. I have see what a you nine, see. so I'm going to try also. Trained it a little bit. <gasps> I rolled a nine. Ooh. I rolled a 76. Ah. <laughs> I rolled a nine under 21, so it's a hard nice. success. Hard success. Uh, all right, so you're like, I know that. That is a, a blanket known as a shuka. It's worn by uh, Maasai tribesmen. Um, so it's a uh, an authentic... Uh, authentic Maasai uh, shuka, um, but it is not made of flannel. I relay that verbatim to Margo. It's a Maasai drives my blanket. He looks at you and he's, uh, again, uh, no teeth. He's like, Oh, hello. Uh, welcome to Juju House. Uh, how may I assist you? Is there something in particular you are looking for? Well, for the moment, we're just browsing, but please tell me how you must have been in this business for quite some time to amass such treasures. Yes, I came to this country uh, 30, 37 years ago, and I have tried to bring my culture to uh, our people who have now migrated here to Harlem. Uh, so, yes, I, I have been in this business, as you can say, my whole life. Uh, but really, I have just had an interest in my culture and my people. And I uh, want to share that with with my new community. Uh, I love that. Yes. I, too, have a love for, for cultural 
antiquities, and I do recognize your blanket to be of, and I repeat exactly what you said. <laughs> ah, and he's like impressed. He's like, oh, you have an eye for such things. Yes, I, I will admit I uh, myself am not a Masai tribesman, but I like to uh, dress the part uh, for my customers. Uh, if you were to catch me on a Sunday morning, you would see me in a, in a suit, uh, not unlike uh, any other man who walks down the street, but you have a careful eye. May I ask, uh, where are you from? Well, I live in Massachusetts. I'm actually a graduate student. I study cryptography. So ah. I do have a, a very strong interest in studying other cultures. Ah, yes. Cryptology, very interesting. And what about you, miss? He looks at Margot. Oh, I'm from Germany. I've, I've lived in Berlin for a long time. I'm from a, a small uh, town called Schiltach, and I'm, I'm an artist. Ah, an artist from yes. Germany. Well, you are very far from home. Thank you for uh, coming to my shop. Uh, where did you hear about my business? Well, we've been exploring the area, and we love to ask all local establishments where we should pay visit. Oh, well, I... You must have spoken to the right people for them to lead you here. Friends of mine, no doubt. Happy customers. Of course. Nothing but rave review. So was there something uh, specific you were looking for? Or you just, uh, as a student, uh, uh, you just uh, delight in these things? Or are you doing some particular research? Can, can I, while you guys are talking, like just look around and see if anything jumps out? as interesting for our investigation. Yeah, give me a spot hidden while, uh, while Feyruz is uh, Charming, talking man. this guy's ear off. Yeah. <laughs> 27 under 62. So that's a hard... Nice. Hell yeah. That is a hard I'm success. Um, <laughs> what are things that jump out at you as you start to really stare at the room? Uh, you see that he has a little key around his neck as he's talking to uh, Feyruz. It's like jingling underneath the blanket. Uh, that's something you didn't notice at first. Uh, there's also a thick blanket on the wall behind the counter um, that looks like there might be a room back there, probably storage. It may even be like a small apartment where he sleeps, like he sleeps here and then his business is uh, in the front. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of stuff in here and so you're kind of trying to take stock of everything and see if anything jumps out at you you're looking for probably remembering things from Peru and also like thinking about these uh, everything you've seen thus far and and nothing is nothing jumps out at you and ties in you don't see a a book or uh, that that you're looking for or or anything like that Hmm. I think I might be like what is your favorite uh knick-knack in here, artifact, treasure. Um. It changes from, from day to day, depending on my mood. I feel a, a, a kinship with many of these things, and uh, I used to be very sad whenever someone would come in and buy one of my things, because there is a story to all of these. But now... As I've gotten older, I've realized that when someone purchases one of my pieces, that they now are taking that story with them so that they may tell a new story. So 
what is my favorite this week? Well, I always enjoy this mask. And he pulls this uh, mask off the wall, and it's just this, like, hideous mask with, like, a mouth uh, that isn't a perfect circle. It's a little jagged around. He's like, it is a little hideous, uh, I know, but... uh, on long days when we don't have any customers, I look over at my little friend here, and I feel as if I am not alone. Margo's remembering looking into that mask and seeing visions, and she's like, "Oh no! <laughs> you want to wear it? No, oh, please, oh, no, thank you." Cyrus oh. is also remembering the mask and wondering if Margo still has it, and would this gentleman recognize it? Oh. Do I have it? I feel like there was a time where I said I didn't, but I want to have it. It just seems strange that you would have left that in Peru. Yeah, I um, have it. Yeah, I think you have it now. Do you carry it around everywhere you go, <laughs> like know. in your purse? Give me a luck roll. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, my luck is bad. Okay, well, you okay, know what? Okay, the wrong prey. Hey, well, let's see. <gasps> 21 under 36. Oh, yes! yes! I have it in my bag. And I'm like, oh, no, uh, take that, please. Um, I have something fun to show you, though. I have my own mask in my bag that um, makes me feel like someone is also with me at all times. Would you like to see it? (laughs) I I would love to see it. And she uh, ruffles in her giant bag and uh, carefully pulls it out. Maybe it's like wrapped in a cloth. Iris takes a slight step back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and she takes. doesn't, like, hand it to him. She just kind of, like, shows it to him. Okay. You reach into your purse. And you pull out the mask. And you show it to him. And his eyes go wide. And we go back to Teddy's saloon <laughs> and restaurant. Where Carter and... Vaughn are sitting with Art Mills cigarette smoke hanging in the air I have a picture here from Roll20 um, that's just like of what the booth would look like uh, if it was full of people um, mm-hmm. you know love that wallpaper yeah Guys just sitting I can there. smell this photo mm-hmm. right <laughs> chain smoking I closed it too early. I got to use my goddamn imagination. (laughs) (laughs) It's still available. You can always look at it. Sucks. Come on, got a picture of that club sandwich. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yum, yum. Yeah, I don't don't have the club sandwich. Um... <laughs> I love if you had a roll. And if you could turn a roll 20, I got a picture of that club sandwich. As right. you can see, there's a baked ham slice as well as oh, some turkey. Some 20 style toothpicks mm-hmm. holding it if together. If I was really on top of my game, I would I would have been able to quickly pull a club sandwich, throw it on roll 20, and show it to him. Just, just immediately like desaturate it so it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what a 1925 mm-hmm. uh, club sandwich looked like. Um, you're sitting there and. Art is very fidgety. Um, he's he's smoking uh, at a speed that rivals even Vaughn. Um, <laughs> but he's intense now uh, in speaking with you. And your club sandwiches have been brought over so you can eat them. Oh, mm. great. They're terrible. Great. This is... Um, 
he he says, um, you know, we were out there for a while, just uh, trying to figure out what the hell was going on, trying to stop more disappearances, and 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 after a while, we started to figure out there was some pattern to the way people were disappearing. It was usually two people, sometimes more, but always at least two, at the same time every month. So once Hilton managed to stumble across someone being attacked while he was out on patrol, and Hilton stepped in and drove the attacker off in the fight, he tore a strip of red cloth from some sort of weird mask the attacker was wearing. Right after that was when the police started coming around, making their threats. They knew we saw something we weren't supposed to, and either they were involved or getting paid to look the other way. I mean, you could set it to a timer. The minute he broke up that attack, the next day they started coming around. And the only physical evidence we had was that piece of cloth, like you mentioned. But the police took it. Everything else was pure observation and conjecture, and it was all recorded in Hilton's journal, which was also taken by the police. And let me tell you, they're gone. Those things don't exist anymore. They were thrown into the furnace, I'm sure, or thrown into the Hudson. At some point, Hilton was convinced he'd tracked down a new lead. But he was arrested before he could confirm what his suspicions were. He knows something that we don't even know. And there's no point going to the newspapers with tales of police harassment or brutality or some sort of cover-up. Everyone's well aware that the police are paid to turn a blind eye and no one's going to take our word over that of a white police captain. I know that. We all know that. Besides, we have no physical evidence to back up the story. But Hilton, he was on to something. And he thinks it had something to do with Juju House. Yeah, what was this? uh, You said he pulled it off a mask? Some sort of weird mask. Had just like a a strip of red cloth hanging from it. He yanked it off. Police came around, asked questions. They wanted to see this cloth. They took it. We never saw it again. So it's your, of your opinion, and was the opinion of Mr. Adams himself, that there was a connection between these killers and this Juju House establishment? Juju House has something to do with it. At least that's what Hilton I'm like thought. looking over yeah. at uh, Tillinghast. <laughs> like, Mr. Mm, Mr. Adams, you've been, uh, uh Mr. Uh, Mills, you've been ever so... Helpful. Yeah, we should, we should, uh, we, we, we gotta go. And I was like grabbing a sandwich. With the information you've given us today, you've, you've brought us one step closer to, to justice finally being served. And we will be the advocates uh, for, well, Mr. Adams, I assure you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gotta go. Let's he, go, he, go. He reaches out his hand and he grabs both of your hands. And he's been like laid back the whole time, but he grabs both of your hands sort of forcefully. And he says, 
you better be careful because they're watching and they know and you will be in great danger and we'll see you next week no no, no. oh my god <laughs> Dude, nice <laughs> No! Oh, we're dying. We're, we someone's dying. We're this. doomed. Shit. Oh. Why did I take off the mask? Why? This Damn is a bad it. choice. Damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit GlassCannonNetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at Patreon.com slash GlassCannon.